Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the hell that is our Earth, the burning nightmare that is America. Uh, if we aren't all dying of coronavirus, we are engulfed in these protests and riots that are sweeping the nation. It is incredible, the, the madness that we are dealing with right now. Uh, so I'm going to start off a little small talk, and then I'm going to segue into that. And I'm also going to bring up uh, one of the greatest tweets I have ever read from a friend of the podcast, Julian's Rum, uh, who kind of doesn't actually map out how dumb his thought process is about this and through that also the nature of how stupid QAnon is so uh, anyhow um, for the, my brief little bit of small talk I wanted to tell you all about this game called uh, Slay the Spire it is a um, deck building kind of game where you start with crummy cards and you upgrade them to good cards and you run around killing monsters and doing stuff, and it's a solid, tough, challenging game. It's got some of that difficulty porn everyone was talking about back in the day with Dark Souls. And, oh, Dark Souls is so tough. Oh, it's so hard. This game is uh, punishing, but I would also say it's fair. If you don't do the right things, you earn your death, as it were. There is some ultimate final boss that I have never even gotten to. Uh, it's kind of tricky to get to them a little bit. But also, I've been reading about that because the game's a time sink. You just have to spend an hour playing it to get all the way through if you make it to the end. And I don't want to waste an hour of my time just to get killed by the ultimate final boss because apparently he's very... Uh, he's got some tricks to him, very random number generator kind of crap, and you have to have a kind of specific game plan to beat him or you can't win. So if your deck isn't, like, up that alley, you're, you're in for a lot of trouble. So uh, Slay the Spire, if you're a nerd, if you enjoy games, play it. You'll love it. It's very good. 
uh, and on to the meat of our show, which is, uh, man, have you checked out the news recently? It's so funny the way the things are right now that it's so bad out, it's so depressing, it's so scary that now suddenly we have QAnon and Q talking about the Obama shadow presidency. About how this is this is still the Democrats' fault. This is still somehow the Democrats' fault. They're the bad guys. And it really makes you wonder how weak and powerless Donald Trump and Q team are if this could still be happening all these years after the fact. Trump's been the president for forever. He has all the information. He has total control of everything. He is the God Emperor. He is unstoppable, undeniable, inexorable. Lots of words to begin with in. Yet, here we are. I mean, he's hiding in the bunker of the White House and not talking to the nation, not trying to address the situation because he can't. Because he doesn't have the moral authority to get in front of a camera and talk about the terrible scourge of racism in our nation. Because the last time he tried to do this, he said that there were very fine people between the neo-Nazis and the people protesting the neo-Nazis. And I use that specifically because there are so many pricks out there who scream about the context of that statement. Which, one, they would never give a Democrat the benefit of the doubt on that in that situation about context. And two, it is true that in that speech that Trump gave, where he said there were very fine people on both sides, he tries to clean it up a little. He tries to clean it up by saying, hey, hey, hey I, I didn't mean the neo-Nazis and the, and the fascists and blah, blah, blah. I was only talking about the people that were there peacefully protesting the night before. But if you look at the night before, if you can find a peaceful protester, good luck to you. Because the night before was the marches of the neo-Nazis who were chanting, Jews will not replace us, and blood and soil. So when Trump tries to say that there were very fine people on both sides, but I'm, I'm talking about the people from the night before, when, the, when things got out of hand and that poor girl got killed, that was when the bad people showed up. There were no good people. They didn't exist. So, no, he doesn't get to get away with that. He doesn't get to get away with the very fine people statement. I know Carpe Doncum and a bunch of other jerks have tried to uh, spin that, but no. Tough shit. Your president is a racist, and he sucks. So, you have to live with it. you got to deal with it. So... We have all that. And what's so funny is listening to these people between QAnon and then Dinesh D'Souza, who lives only to get whatever attention he can. And they're talking about coronavirus. And they're like, oh, well, no one cares about coronavirus anymore. And it's like, and I think the people who had someone die today, which almost assuredly, I haven't looked at the totals yet, a thousand more people have died. Although maybe not because it's Sunday and they undercount on the weekends and then it picks back up on Monday. But generally speaking, about a thousand people die every single day. And that's not going away anytime soon. It's bad and it will not stop being bad. And a lot of the fact, the reasons why we've like 
managed to keep it to that terrible level is that we've had these shutdowns and we've kept people apart and uh, now we're not going to do that. Now we're going to reopen and uh, a couple days ago Florida had their worst day of new cases since April uh, April 17th. So that's really reassuring that like that's what we have going for us. I mean, it's just it's just like that. It's just really, really depressing. I just looked at it. It's uh, 638 dead today. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weekend. So we'll see. I mean, God, I would love for it to be that low. I would love for all week we have under 1,000 dead every day. That would be really nice. But I doubt it. I, I have really very little faith in what's going on and how it's working out. And... Yet these morons are just like, oh, now that now that they have their race protests, we can all forget about that coronavirus that was fake and being caused by 5G, and it's just the sniffles. And uh, Nate Silver stepped on his dick and was just like, oh, now liberals are going to say these protests didn't cause a spike. And immediately all of his uh, replies were, no, Nate, we, we know. We understand that these protests are probably a bad idea right now, but they're happening, and we're just going to have to accept that there's going to be spikes in two weeks because these protests are going to lead to uh, people getting the virus because that's what happens when you're in large groups of people and they are running around yelling, shouting, sweating on each other. It's virus season. It's really bad. That's what's going to happen. And there's really not much we can do about it except not have the protests, which doesn't seem like a thing that we can do now because... Things are really inflamed. Things are really bent out of shape because this is what happens when the police kill somebody and it's totally, completely unacceptable. It's obvious what happened. It's on tape. And yet law enforcement and the legal system just drags their feet about it. And now they're saying they're going to charge this guy with third degree murder and manslaughter. And that's ridiculous. And everyone knows it's ridiculous. Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe this guy might take a plea deal. But if he does, he'll probably get like five, eight years, something like that. And then with time off for good behavior, he'll be out in like four, two, something like that. I mean, and that's if he doesn't take it to trial and just beat it outright because the system is designed to let cops walk. I mean, it's really depressing. It's really scary what's going on here. And this is this is the whole point of the name of the group, Black Lives Matter. It is literally just begging people, please stop killing us and not having to suffer the consequences of killing us. We deserve legal protection. We deserve rights. We deserve to matter. This really shouldn't be that hard. This really shouldn't be that big of a struggle. But it is. I uh, am a big fan of Lyndon Baines Johnson. And I've watched uh, the two major movies that were made about him recently. All the way with LBJ on HBO. And uh, LBJ, which was a movie that apparently was released in secret and was seen by nobody. And you can watch it on Amazon Prime. And... Uh, all the way really goes to show you the Herculean effort 
that went into passing the Civil Rights Bill of 1964 and breaking the legal uh, way that Jim Crow was instituted and trying to beat back racism in America. And it took so much work. It took so much effort to get it done. And our reward was the Republican Party embracing the racists that were now leaving the Democratic Party. And anyone who wants to tell you that there's no party switch and that's all bullshit, they can go fuck themselves. They're lying. They're liars and they know they're lying. And it's just painful to think that like it took that much work to get that and now we're here 60 odd years later and it feels like we've achieved nothing. It feels like all that work that all those people sacrificed and suffered for was in vain. And it's really depressing that like this is something that we're just stuck dealing with apparently for forever. We're just always going to be racist. We're just always going to have shitty people that will judge others by the color of their skin or by what god they worship or if they don't worship a god at all or sexual orientation or anything anything any difference you can have with somebody else and can give you an excuse to hate that person they'll take it i mean it's just it's just horrifying that this is the nature of our society and that you're going to find people that will excuse any kind of authoritarian bullshit as long as it is in service to the racism that they support. And that's really like all QAnon is. I mean, it's just a racist authoritarian movement that pretends to be anything other than that because to be a racist authoritarian movement is to be very unpopular except the neo-Nazis. And so they try to couch it, they try to hide it as best they can, but when you see people trying to explain how this uh, murder didn't actually happen, that George Floyd uh, either wasn't killed, or if he was killed, he was not killed by a real cop, he and the cop involved were somehow in cahoots where George was either put in a position to fake his death or was killed for the greater goals of the cabal. I've heard that George Floyd is a porn star. I've heard uh, George Floyd faked his death because strangulation is an easy way to fake a death, and that's why they did it that way. Uh, I've heard that the cop who killed him is an is an actor. I have heard that the license plates, the license plate on the car said police, and that cop cars don't have license plates that say police on them, so it's fake and it was obviously a false flag. Even though all my Google searches say that cop cars in Minnesota do, in fact, have the word police for a license plate, that's their only identifier. So. People just want to deny reality. They want to deny what this was and what happened. Because to deal with what happened, to acknowledge it, is like just terrifying. It's really scary. It's unsettling that somebody killed somebody in cold blood and was glad to do it. 
and they were on top of that uh, a problem cop who's got a list of incidents, lists of shootings, lists of disciplinary issues. This guy is a dirtbag, and he got promoted. He was the senior officer on the scene. That's why the other three cops let him do this, because he's their boss, and they didn't want to get in trouble by saying, hey, boss, stop uh, putting your knee on this guy's neck. It's bad. You shouldn't be doing this. He's saying he can't breathe. So, I mean, it's it's really... It's just awful. And what's really funny because the people that have to confront this, the people who accept this, the people who acknowledge what is going on are the ones facing a harsh truth. They're the ones who are dealing with uh, the real world and the pain that the real world gives us. Whereas QAnon, safe in their fantasy bubble, get to tell us what hard-boiled, tough straight shooting intelligent people they are and how they're the ones who really get it and they see the darkness and misery and pain of our world and they understand it and we don't we don't see how bad it really is and the truth is is that they've made up a fantasy bad reality bad is terrible and reality bad is right in front of us but they look at the reality and they're like oh no that 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 murder that we saw was not really what we think it was it was totally something else. And it's it's so bizarre. It's such a strange way to live your life. To just deny reality and to live in this escapist fantasy where uh, George Floyd either didn't get killed or did get killed just so we could give up on the coronavirus because it's not politically expedient anymore. Uh, to cover for Joe Biden saying you ain't black to a black interviewer or any other reason. Like, this is the thing. Everything's a cover-up. Everything's a secret agenda. Everything's a hidden message. Everything is a riddle wrapped in an enigma and shrouded in bacon. Everything is always double, triple, secret, whatever. Nothing can ever be exactly what it is. In QAnon, a cigar is never a cigar. There's always something more to it. There's always layers. You've always got to decode. You've always got to keep digging and looking. And it doesn't work. Because a lot of times, it's just what it is. And it's just where we are. And it's just what's going on. So, you can't dwell on this madness. You can't deal with it. It's silly. It's really, really silly to delude yourself the way they do. To just not want to see the world for what it is. That one dirtbag cop could lead to protests across the nation. And I, and I mean, I don't think that guy ever has a, sense, a, a bit of shame or a, a bit of self-reflection, but I, I, I do hope in some way, shape, or form that those other three cops, who I do want to have arrested, and I do think they need to be held accountable for not intervening to save the life of George Floyd, I'd love for them to just have sleepless nights knowing that they could have stopped all this. They could have intervened, and they did not. That their cowardice led to this. I mean, that's... 
I mean, that would just eat me up every night of my life, knowing that this happened, that a man died on my watch. I didn't save his life. I could have saved his life. I could have told the other cop to back down or get off of him or that we've got this handled. And because of me, this this man is dead. And because of me, now cities are burning and there's protests and it's just it's just ugly out. It's just this mess, this terrible mess. And it all could have been avoided if just a little decency, a little morality, a little common sense had been shown in a situation, in a crisis. But those three cops froze. They just froze in that moment. They couldn't act. And here we are. And that's the thing. That's the real world. It's just people you've never heard of doing something that leads to so much. It's the butterfly effect kind of thing. It's just this endless cause and effect that you can never see coming. It ripples out of control. And it's so unbelievable, and it's so chaotic, and it's so bizarre. Just think, if no, if no one taped that, if we didn't have the video, none of this would have happened. There's so many things that had to be put in place. So many different things had to be seen, had to be acknowledged. That, thank God, that we as a society can look at that video and be outraged and horrified and demand justice. That... The, all these things exist, that they happened, that the, the wheels got put in motion from this one tiny incident, this one moment. It's like uh, if the first guy that had ever gotten coronavirus had just stayed at home for a couple days and then got really sick, and that was it. None of this would have happened. I mean, it's just... It's just so strange. It, you can never predict what's going to happen in life. It's beyond human reasoning. It's beyond probability. It's totally chaotic. And yet, that's what QAnon's about, is controlling it, reining it in. Just making the world not chaotic, making it ordered, making it measured, making it make sense. And that's why people find uh, solace in QAnon. They find solace in this because it's uh, a form of religion. It's uh, personifying God and the devil. God now being Trump and the devil being whichever bad guy it is we hate today. I mean, last week it was Bill Gates. This week it's George Soros. Who knows who will be next week? Barack Obama will probably get his turn to be the big bad. But that's the nature of this uh, situation is that you order the world through conspiracy theories and religion. You make sides, and you have those sides fight. And that way, you don't have to think about why these things are happening, because you just have a default knowledge of why they're happening. And that brings us to our boy. You know him, you love him, Mr. Mister Rum. And Mr. Rum said something I don't think he in a million years could figure out how bad this is for him to say. But uh, he said, he tweets, uh, don't kid yourself, the MSM, mainstream media, still won't ask POTUS about hashtag QAnon. They simply can't risk an answer. I want you to think about that. 
Because I've always talked about how this whole idea, the whole concept of the question, is stupid from a strategic standpoint. Because it is giving your opponent initiative in a battle. Your opponent is now being allowed to dictate the where and the when of basically what is the mobilization of Q-Team and QAnon. The deep state has to ask Trump this question for something to happen. Basically, they can't unring the bell of the nature of the question. Because they always talk about, oh, the truth will make everyone flip out. Oh, we have to be careful. We have to go slowly or else people will not accept the truth, the terrible truth. Oh, it's all like this long process of red-pilling and educating and informing and enlightening and blah, blah, blah. What if they'd asked him the question two years ago? What if right before midterms someone asked him the question? What then? What would have happened? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. you are allowing the deep state to dictate when you go on the offensive. Because the moment Trump confirms that QAnon is real, which is the whole point of the question, then it, it's it's madness time. Now we're, now we're going to war, because now the mainstream media is going to pour over this stuff. They're going to read all of it. They're going to start talking about it. Trump's going to have to explain what's going on. And at that point, I mean, you've kind of got to issue the 120 million sealed indictments or whatever it is. You kind of have to release the Hillary face carving video. I mean, all the information that Q's been promising us, it, it, it kind of all has to go out right away. There's there's no turning back in that moment. Like, this is... Uh, this is uh, Caesar crossing the river. This is it. The die is cast. That's it. There's there's no uh, there's no turning back from the question. <laughs> so why does the deep state get to dictate terms? Why are they the ones that have the uh, pull here? And on top of that, the other thing that makes me laugh so much about this is um, he says this he says they can't risk an answer 
what is happening in this statement? He's literally telling us that the cabal have what they want. They have the virus. They have the riots. The cabal is winning. All the polls show Joe Biden comfortably ahead of Donald Trump. His lead expanding even. He was up 10 points in a poll I saw recently. We are talking about a landslide. And it's not only a landslide, but, and I've said this before, and I'll say it, I'll say it until November 3rd, it's a landslide where really the media can't do their dumb bullshit to keep the losing horse in the race. Because our media is not designed for blowouts. Our media is not designed for anything other than a horse race. And that's what they did in all of 2016. It's what they do in almost every election when they can get away with it. They just talk about whatever it is they can to drag down the guy who's winning versus the guy who's losing. Or in Hillary Clinton's case, the gal. Although, having just said that, probably Q will catch me and figure out that Hillary's actually a man now. Because when anyone misspeaks, it's obviously the truth. But the point of what I'm trying to say is is that the media exists to try to keep the race at around four points or so. Because they just want to put their thumb on the scale enough that the winner wins and the loser loses. But you got to tune in. you got to watch you got to keep uh, checking in when Wolf Blitzer announces a dramatic new poll out of the state of Nevada. Uh, I heard one of those uh, during the Obama-Romney uh, campaign. I just That made me laugh so much because, A, Obama had won Nevada in 2012 and the state's just going bluer by the day and I couldn't imagine Romney having a chance. And B, it's Nevada. It's a really small state. It does not have a whole hell of a lot of electoral votes. I think it's like six or seven, or maybe even just five. I don't know. But Nevada's not big. Nevada doesn't really matter. And it was just like, oh, man, whoever wins Nevada wins the nation. It was just like, oh, my God. And it's just so uh, silly. It's just so ridiculous, this kind of, like, just endless tea leaf reading and just... Being on, the, having your hair on fire, you just got to check in on everything and find out every little bit of data, every little bit of information. And on top of the ratings, on top of all those eyeballs and clicks and people looking for some new bit of information, they tell them that their side's doing okay. You have the fact that like this is a very important thing for the media in the terms of making money off of ad buys. If Trump is toast in October, if he is down 15 points to Biden, I mean just getting blown out, you think all the super PACs that are hoarding all this money are going to dump it into giant tens of million dollar ad buys in battleground states? Or you think they might run a few ads for a few senators and a few congressmen here and there that they, they want to try to keep in power? and sock away the rest of it and just spend it on hookers and blow or whatever else you can do with super PAC money. You think that the, I mean, the Biden campaign might dump money to try to run up the score a little, but even they, their their super PACs might be like, hey, Joe, yeah, we know that 2016 was kind of weird and stuff happened, but uh, 
This ain't even close, man. So, uh, like, Biden pack is gonna kind of like chill out for now. We'll we'll catch, we'll get back in touch with you in twenty twenty four when you might be in a struggle, and we'll whatever money we haven't spent on the hookers and blow will be more than happy to put in the reelection campaign, as it were. So, I mean, like on all on both sides, on the revenue side and on the rating side. Like, the media does not want this to be a blowout. So, like, they desperately want to try to keep this thing going. And they they just can't email us. They can't tan suit us. They can't Benghazi us. Because all we have is real serious news all the time. And they hate that. They hate it. They want to live in an election like 2016 where they were cutting away from Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton giving speeches to show us empty podiums with the Trump name on them because all they wanted to do was just pump Trump up because there's no way he's actually going to fucking win, but he's he's exciting, he's exhilarating, he's crazy. So we're going to just uh, just keep on keeping on with him and just put him in there and, uh, and make sure that everyone's watching and, and just, oh my God, he's going to say something crazy next. Oh my Lord. Could you imagine if this nut became president? Holy shit. Wouldn't that be wild? And then on election night, ooh, look, we kept it close and now he crossed the finish line. Thanks to James Comey and a little Russian interference. This, that, the other thing and bada bing, bada boom, boom, President Trump. Womp, 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 womp. But as my little uh, soliloquy moved me off track, I'll steer the ship back to what I was saying before, but the cabal has everything they want. They have fear. They have uncertainty. They have strife of racial tensions. They have their cabal-backed, hand-picked candidate, the boring, milquetoast centrist who's just going to quiet everything down and just give you back your normalcy. Ignore the baby I'm eating. Oh, mm, delicious babies. Joe Biden eats babies. Loves to eat the babies. I mean, but that's the thing. The cabal has everything. And the cabal could lose everything if they asked the question. And then Trump started arresting everybody. Julian says it. They can't risk an answer. Risk implies that you could lose something. And we've been told repeatedly that the, the, the cabal is destroyed. They're defeated. They're dead. There's nothing they have. They're, they're gone. Yet Julian is telling us oh, they, they won't risk an answer, so they're not going to ask the question. So in 2022, 2023, whenever it is that the FEMA death camps open back up and Praying Medic and Julian and Jordan Sather, Dustin Nemos, Major Dad... Joe M, all the rest of them are being herded up and sent to their deaths as uh, President Biden has uh, destroyed American democracy and instituted the uh, the Biden, the Biden uh, consortium, as it were, the, that great uh, nightmare that all Americans have dreaded for all these many decades now coming to fruition. And as they uh, rot in their cells... Uh, awaiting their executions for uh, crimes against the state and against uh, dearest leader, uh, Comrade Biden. I imagine Julian looking at the other guys and going, man, if only the media had asked a question, we would have won. 
fuck, man. I mean, we had them. We had them on the ropes, but they just didn't ask the question. So now we all die. Seems kind of like a bad idea to let them have that power. Seems like a really fucking stupid way to live your life. To be like, hey, you know what we should do? We should plan to crush this completely lawless, amoral, psychopathic, bloodthirsty, hideously evil group of people. But we will only defeat them. We will only crush them if they ask the president if it is true that we are going to defeat them. If they don't ask that question, we will never initiate our plan. We will never do anything. So, uh, yeah, the question is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. And Julian got so close to figuring out how dumb it was. But he never will, because he's a moron. And that's just the way QAnon is. It's their existence. is just to tread so perilously close to uh, self-reflection, knowledge, and understanding. And then run screaming away from it as best they can. Because they're just, it's just who they are. It's just their terrible existence. Uh, so that will conclude my tirade. And we are on to everyone's favorite segment, the questions. A narc with uh, underscores between each of his letters says, uh, Do you know about the Queen of England giving up the power to the Rothschilds because the coat of arms has been changed? And now England will be, now England will control the Vatican? I've searched and I can't find anything, but my sister and mom are talking about this BS now. Uh, I believe that this is from an incident that happened last year where uh, one of the gates at Buckingham Palace, which has like the royal seal on it, uh, was damaged by a, a lorry. Can't even say the word right, but basically a uh, machine hit the gate and damaged the royal seal and they had to like take the it broke the unicorn off of the seal and they had to take the seal down and then repair it and reinstall it and so there's photographs of the gate without the royal seal on it and this has been taken as proof of the uh, surrender of the royal family to either QAnon or the Rothschilds or whoever but yeah it's just it's nonsense. It's literally an incident that was reported in the British press last year. If you uh, Google royal seal damaged, you'll get the story right away. But that's that's all they're that's what they're working with. That's the thin gruel that they have going for them. Uh, RN Shark, who always makes me laugh because her avatar is a great white shark, and I've told her that your avatar should be a nurse shark because you're a nurse, and she's chuckled at me and told me no. I'm using the great white. I want to trick people into thinking them thinking that nurse sharks look like this because they're cooler and so on and so forth. So, our, in, our shark says, your thoughts on how they will deal with recent anonymous activity, especially allegations towards POTUS. They'll probably deny and pivot, but if both organizations are against sex trafficking, where does their argument go about just wanting justice and freedom for victims? Uh, as I told her in the chat in the on Twitter, I said say. It doesn't matter if the other side claims to be doing the exact same thing you're doing. 
you just say, you just say they're lying. You just deny everything they're saying. You just absolutely uh, call call them CIA shills, call them Mossad backed disinformation agents. You just refuse to acknowledge reality. That's the main and most important goal of QAnon is deny reality at all costs. And that's what they're doing, and that's what they're going to do. So uh, they do this thing where they're just going to tell us that Anonymous is lying about what they're doing. They got no, they got no hard evidence. Everything they did is uh, false, faked, and their supposed concern for child trafficking is a front for their true evil. I mean, watch, or don't actually watch an episode of Infowars of Alex Jones. Uh, maybe. Uh, do the thing where you do playback at like double speed and uh, <laughs> on, a, on a long car ride and f- directly fast forward through all the commercials and the plugs and just get to the uh, actual screaming nutty content. There is no difference between Alex Jones and Q. None. They believe the exact same things. Always. I think that Jim Watkins listens to Alex Jones and parrots his talking points. Yet, if you ask anyone from QAnon about Alex Jones, they will tell you that Alex Jones is Mossad-backed uh, disinformation. And when you talk to them and say that Alex Jones, if you try to tell them Alex Jones says that the coronavirus is a Shycom plot, that uh, President Trump is in danger of losing re-election if he doesn't start cracking down and busting skulls, Everything, like everything and anything that Hillary and Obama are monsters, that Comey needs to go to jail, everything that Flynn was improperly uh, prosecuted, and that the judge that's now refusing to vacate his guilty plea is a Soros-backed puppet. I mean, they believe everything the same. It's ridiculous. Yet one is a truth teller and a herald of God, and the other is a Mossad agent sowing lies into America. So, yeah, they, they don't have any uh, actual uh, reality. They don't have any coherency uh, to them. There's no uh, core of truth. And uh, lastly, we have uh, someone who looks like their name is in Cyrillic. Uh, their... I don't know, signature. The uh, at is uh, UB Frontier. It says, why have you spent your entire life focused on the LARP? Why hasn't this LARP been busted? Uh, And I'm going through his timeline now. And uh, James Woods, that's a good sign. Candace Owens, that's another good sign. And now he's talking a lot. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, Quid Pro Joe, Landslide 2020, yep. Okay, so, got a feeling I know where our good buddy here is coming from. Uh, I haven't devoted my life to QAnon. That would be really weird, because it's only been around for about two and a half years. But I have uh, spent a long time tracking the Illuminati New World Order lunatics. Um, I was myself, for a period of time, a 9-11 truther. I bought into that nonsense. And... One day I was spouting that bullshit to a friend and they told me to fuck off and it was really weird. I mean, I've, I've told the story before and you've heard it, I apologize, but I just had 
lived in this bubble where I just thought everyone acknowledged that 9-11 was faked and that the truth was that there were bombs in the World Trade Center and whatnot, will you? And when he was just like, no, you're fucking out of your mind. Like, what happened is what happened, and it's terrible, and you're, like, not a good person for, like, trying to do this kind of stuff. And I was just like, man, that's a really weird way to take this, because you're just supposed to agree with me. Because that's what conspiracy theorists want, is confirmation of their pre-held position. And... Then I started doing research, and the next thing I know, I was just like, oh my god, like, like the shit that I was buying into was cherry-picked bullshit. This was all really nonsense. And that, like, so basically, somewhere around, like, 2003 or so, I pivoted from a conspiracy theorist to a person who understood that conspiracy theories are, for the most part, bullshit. And uh, busting the LARP of QAnon is easy because there's nothing to it and everything Q has ever said has been wrong. But the problem is is that people like you do not want to acknowledge that so you will believe no matter what. You are in a group of people that will never uh, remove yourselves from this alternate reality that you live in where you believe that Q is telling you the truth, therefore you are now enlightened and know the truth. And come election day, that will be really interesting because when Joe Biden wins, that section of the conspiracy, that section of the QAnon will crumble and then you will have to deal with the fact that the other side of QAnon, the terrible darkness of it, will still be true. And that sucks. I mean, it sucks to live in a world where the global satanic pet, uh, pedivore ring exists and is eating babies. But at least as long as you have Donald Trump in power and ready to take them down at a moment's notice, you can have some hope in your life. But when Trump loses, as he will... Uh, you have to now confront the fact that the Pedivore Ring is unchecked and unstoppable, and they're going to destroy the world. And I think people are going to react very violently to that truth. And that's why I follow QAnon, because I think that uh, it is inevitable that it is going to lead to getting people killed. It, two people have already died as a result of QAnon. There have been attempted kidnappings, there was the standoff at the Hoover Dam... QAnon attracts mentally damaged people, poisons their minds, radicalizes them, and then sends them on their way to do bad things. The saga of Jessica Prim is tragic and horrifying and scary, and I hope the best for that woman, but my God, does it look bad. So, yeah, that's that's why we're here, and that's why, why I'm doing what I'm doing, and... Uh, Good luck to you. I hope one day you figure out that you're not on the right side of things. Well, I went a little bit long today, so you got some bonus content. Another extra 15 or so minutes. So, I don't know, do a few circles around the parking lot at your local supermarket before you go in there and get your groceries. Uh, thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you all uh, Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. So you'll probably catch the next podcast sometime on Wednesday. See y'all later. Be safe. Uh, do whatever you can. 
for the virus, for the protests, for all of it. It's uh, it's a crazy world out there. So uh, good luck and all that good stuff. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.